Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Tree Song on your community radio for Southern Illinois, WDBX 91.1 FM. And this is Your Community Spirits. I'm Tree Song. I'll be your host for today. Uh, Or is once again out of town. There's There's a chance he'll call in if he's able to, but it seems like he's probably not going to be able to. He's off on another one of his adventures. He will give us a report back on that once he returns. In the meantime, we've got plenty of news and happenings to hold us down until he gets back. some rousing music there to get us started. Now let's get into some of our news and holidays and happenings. First news story, this one's kind of dramatically titled, but it is a pretty dramatic story. Game over for climate? Report warns warming is still underestimated. Greenhouse gases are rising so fast that it could soon be game over for the climate, a leading scientist warned. In response to a new study published Wednesday, that finds that the planet could be headed for more than 7 degrees Celsius of warming within a lifetime. The study, published in the journal Science Advances, reported that the United Nations' most accurate estimates on the business-as-usual rate of global warming may actually be vastly underestimated. Because that's exactly the news we needed to hear, right? It's already a a rough estimate uh, as it is, but it may be even worse. The UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, recently estimated that continuing to use fossil fuels at current rates would put the Earth on track for an average temperature rise of 2.6 degrees Celsius to 4.8 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels by 2100. Now that itself is already very high. There are a lot of negative and possibly irreversible consequences from that. But the authors of this study, a team of climate researchers and scientists at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, the University of Washington, University of Albany, and the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research, say the range for that same time period is actually 4.78 degrees Celsius to 7.36 degrees Celsius. That's because the climate has, quote, substantially higher sensitivity to greenhouse gases during warm phases, they write. 
which ultimately means that within the 21st century, global mean temperatures will very likely exceed maximum levels reconstructed for the last 784,000 years. The results correspond with other recent data that finds, despite all the pledges made in the landmark Paris Climate Agreement, the planet is still on track for at least a 3 degrees Celsius global temperature rise. Scientists have long warned that catastrophic irreversible damage would come at 2 degrees Celsius. So even before this news, it was projected that our current pledges, if they're all met, would get us to 3 degrees Celsius. And now we are discovering the, the climate seems to be more sensitive to greenhouse gas emissions when it's already warmer. So this is definitely a cause for concern here. So President-elect Donald Trump, who has denied that climate change exists, has vowed to withdraw from the Paris Agreement, and his transition team is rife with fellow deniers and fossil fuel industry lobbyists. Green groups on Wednesday reacted to his win by calling on people around the world to mobilize against his anti-environmental policies, quote, for the sake of our brothers and sisters around the world and for all future generations. Professor Michael Mann of Penn State University told The Independent that the study, quote, does indeed provide support for the notion that a Donald Trump presidency could be game over for the climate. By game over for the climate, I mean game over for stabilizing warming below dangerous, i.e. greater than 2 degrees Celsius, levels. He wrote in an email, quote, If Trump makes good on his promises and the U.S. pulls out of the Paris Treaty, it is difficult to see a path forward to keeping warming below those levels. Dr. Tobias Frederick, one of the authors, said, quote, Our results imply that the Earth's sensitivity to variations in atmospheric carbon dioxide increases as the climate warms. Currently, our planet is in a warm phase, an interglacial period, and the associated increased climate sensitivity needs to be taken into account for future projections of warming induced by human activities. The only way out is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions as soon as possible, he said. So I'm sure it will take time to do further studies about the exact implications of this study, but more climate sensitivity is certainly not the news that we were hoping to hear. Uh, It is going to lead to greater increases in warming more quickly than we thought. We will definitely have more news on this story as it develops, but the quick takeaway is global warming is is getting more warm. And climate sensitivity is definitely a thing to keep an eye on because that affects all of the projections. If climate sensitivity is, in fact, found, as this study says, to be higher than we thought, then all of the projections go up, all the warming goes up, the same amount of emissions will cause more harm.
We've got an impromptu guest to talk about something related to that story. Hey there, this is Marguerite from the Counter Power Radio Hour. I was just listening to Chi Song's uh, Terrible News, <laughs> which uh, we uh, is, should come as no surprise. Uh, anybody that's been tracking this stuff uh, like, understands that basically uh, the estimates are consistently underestimates. Um, and every uh, few months, uh, the news about our future situation gets worse and worse. And like one um, one way to frame it is that this civilization is already over. Um, <laughs> the consequences of what is what's being pumped in the atmosphere are now mean that all of the stabilities that human life as we know it is based on um, are are headed are in free fall and and just haven't quite yet completely hit the ground. Um, and so I, I wanted to uh, invite listeners um, to uh, an, an assembly against the end of the world, uh, <laughs> which will be held this Sunday evening uh, at 6 p.m. at uh, 214 North Washington at the flyover. Um, there's, uh, there's a little write-up uh, about it if anybody goes to uh, ill-will-editions.tumblr.com. You can find the write-up about it. Um, these assemblies are being held around the country, uh, New York, Chicago, Atlanta, Oakland, uh, a number of other places. And the basic, uh, basic framework is that we need to uh, immediately begin to organize for our own collective survival. Um, the news about the climate combined with the fact that uh, uh, a Trump presidency means no action from uh, a higher level for, for uh, many years to come. And even if that action was, even if it was a Hillary uh, pre uh, presidency, that action was going to be inadequate to our situation. The only way that we are going to build a livable future is, is if we look to one another immediately right now um, and start making those preparations. And many people in this area have been doing that you know, for, for decades. And now is the time in which there needs to be a qualitative jump in that kind of organizing. And so uh, this is a space to meet and uh, coordinate and start to develop projects that are oriented toward um, both uh, collective survival uh, for you know the building of autonomy in this region. And um, yeah, so that's uh, 6 p.m. on this Sunday at 214 North Washington Street. There'll be uh, food provided, but you're welcome to bring a dish as well. Um, and uh, let's let's find each other and let's uh, let's get serious about um, about building a future that's that's worth living in. Yeah, that sounds. Everything's stacked against it. Yeah, everything's everything seems stacked against it right now, and that's good to hear. I actually uh, th I'm working on a blog entry that's probably going to come out this weekend. That's going to call on people to gather in their communities to have these sorts of gatherings. So I'm glad to hear there's already one coming up right here in Carbondale, Sunday at 6. Cool, Sunday at 6. See you all there. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes, and thanks for jumping on to hear that. See, that's part of how community radio works. Uh, Marguerite, who also has a show, heard the news story that was going on and decided to l let us know about that event. So I'm um, glad we got to hear about that. See, it, it reminds me, like, this is this will be a pretty cheesy reference to some coming off the heels of that uh, very... Uh, dark and depressing topic, but um, it reminds me of the Mr. Rogers quote that I tend to circulate whenever really bad news hits. It's the quote that his mother told him, telling him to look for the helpers. Whenever there's a negative story in the news, it's a cute a reminder to look around for the helpers.
Because if you just focus on the, the death and destruction, that's going to be depressing, disempowering. But then if you look at people in your community who are also trying to help, then you can turn to those people and work together to create something. And it is important still to acknowledge that's that death and destruction that's going on because then you can respond to it. But rather than responding with paralysis, you can respond with drawing together as a community. All right, so getting on to some of our other news here on a somewhat related topic. Uh, planning for environmental carnage under Donald Trump's EPA. Environmentalists who were hoping that somehow a Donald Trump presidency wouldn't be as catastrophic as they feared had those hopes dashed on Friday when the president-elect announced Myron Ebel as his choice to oversee the transition to the Environmental Protection Agency. Ebel, head of both the right-wing think tank the Competitive Enterprise Institute and the Cooler Heads Coalition, has spent most of his career tossing out industry-funded nonsense bombs about climate change. A non-scientist whose funders have included ExxonMobil, American Petroleum Institute, and coal giant Murray Energy Corporation, Ebel has been a consistent taunter of both scientists and environmentalists. As a talking head on TV news, he has for years offered false balance on climate change in the form of views so far outside the mainstream as to be bizarre. So for Ebel, Al Gore is labeled an extremist who lives in a fantasy world. The Pope's encyclical on climate change, he says, is a diatribe against modern industrial civilization. I won't even get into all of these. You can get the sorts of things that he uh, is advancing. So, uh, since we're already falling short of our climate goals before the election, and since the potential consequences of an action may be irreversible, Ebel's leadership in this realm seems to pose the gravest danger. He has already given much thought to how to get out of the Paris Agreement. So there are several ways that Trump administration could do so. While Secretary of State John Kerry is scrambling to get the treaty implemented before President Obama leaves office, Trump is already signaling that he may try to withdraw from the global agreement in his first year, a move that is within his power and could increase the likelihood that other countries would also shirk their obligations. So it's really sounding like it's going to come down to a movement of people in their own communities working on this issue because everything up at the top here is is falling apart in terms of efforts to respond to this. So this also has implications for issues unrelated to climate, uh, issues of pollution. Uh, The Ebel also runs a pro-chemical industry front group where you can read about the life-enhancing value of chemicals and the absurd idea that man-made toxic chemicals couldn't couldn't possibly cause cancer because the average human lifespan has increased. That's a pretty obvious fallacy that there are other reasons why the human lifespan has increased. We also have cancer that is related to various environmental factors such as chemicals. It, it's just completely false to say, oh, well, we had lifespan increase, so therefore we don't have... <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't even know how to respond to this. It, pseudo, pseudo-scientific, anti-scientific, and this person may well be in charge of the EPA. It's sort of... I've been struggling to find a good analogy. It's sort of like if you had a doctor who was head of the... Uh, it was the Surgeon General who didn't believe that cancer existed. Um, it, you wouldn't really entrust that person with directing the nation's response to anything medically related. But here we are handing this over to someone who denies that climate change even exists.
So how are people responding to all of this? Here's some news on that front. Dakota Access protesters target Army Corps offices nationwide. Some 1,500 people gathered in downtown Washington, D.C. on Tuesday to protest the construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline. The protest was one of 302 around the United States, staged as part of a National Day of Action against the controversial oil pipeline. I'll say that again in case you missed that number, 302 protests around the United States against this pipeline. The the group in Washington, D.C. was led by a delegation from Standing Rock, North Dakota, where predominantly indigenous activists had been protesting the $3.8 billion pipeline's construction for months. Around 250 water protectors in front of a downtown museum uh, before marching several blocks to the Army Corps of Engineers building, where the crowd swelled to over 1,500 before marching along the city streets to the White House. As they made their way through the streets, they chanted, Water is life, mini wakoni. Quote, If you're standing on this street, if you woke up this morning and had a cup of coffee, if you took a shower, if you brushed your teeth, this is your fight too. We are here to protect your water. We are water protectors, not protesters, chanted Aaron Wise of the Indigenous Youth Council. In front of the Army Corps building, the water protectors gathered in a prayer circle before sitting in front of and blocking the building doors. Leaders and activists, including Allard and Wise, as well as Reverend Lennox Yearwood of the Hip Hop Caucus, Reverend Jared Huffman of uh, Keystone XL activist Jane Klebe, and leading environmentalist Bill McKibben, spoke about the need for solidarity against the pipeline. Quote, Everyone needs to stand up for the water. They need to put the water first. Adana Eilard of the Sacred Stone Camp told Think Progress. And that's, I think, part of why this, this has been so energizing for people, the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline resistance, is that it has such an intersection of so many issues that affect our lives. It's fr- first and foremost an issue of protecting the waters and lands and rights of the indigenous, and many people have gotten excited about it because of that. They've also been able to draw in many allies because other people whose water may be affected, people whose climate may be affected. Uh, you know, they, All of these other supporters have been drawn in as well uh, because they care about that and also about indigenous rights. So it's very good to see the all of the energy and effort being put into these water protectors, uh, these ac- actions that took place around the country. It's... An inspiring thought that we may have other actions related to uh, environmental issues around the country as well. All right, in other news... Morocco's mosques join the fight against climate change. Morocco has started retrofitting 600 of its mosques with renewable energy, switching to efficient LED lighting, photovoltaic electricity, and solar water heating. The initial plan will be completed by early 2019, with the rest of the country's mosques to follow, 15,000 of them in total. The project's goal is to use mosques as a starting point to raise awareness on clean energy and kickstart the diffusion of renewables among the public. Quote, Mosques are not a big consumer of electricity. There's some lighting, some water heating. What we want to do is inform people. Saeed Moulin, director of the National Agency for the Development of Renewable Energy, 
and energy efficiency, told CNN, quote, Energy efficiency is not only a matter of technology, it's also a matter of behavior. Mulin hopes that with the help of imams and teachers in the mosques, people will apply what they've learned to reduce their energy bill at home. The main problem, here's another quote, the main problem for renewables is the initial investment. To help less affluent people finance this switch, we are offering 10 million energy-efficient light bulbs to households and let them pay in installments through the electricity bill, which at the same time will be reduced because of the more efficient bulbs. So this is an interesting concept. Um, Part of what does actually help spread acceptance of clean energy technologies is actually being able to see them. In, in areas where there isn't really much clean energy technology, people just think, oh, this is some fantasy, this will happen someday, maybe it's too expensive, that sort of thing. But if communities work together to bring in pilot projects like we have here at WDBX, the solar initiative here, which completed phase one, is working on phase two, wdbx.org slash solar, if you want to check out the details. Pilot projects like that can demonstrate to the whole community what a wonderful uh technology can be, and then you can shift everyone off of fossil fuels over time, because they see how well it works. It's also, of course, important to have the community gatherings, as we were talking about earlier and are about to talk about again in the happenings section. All right, so let's get into some of these holidays and happenings. Today is Occult Day, which is kind of funny. Occult means hidden, so... A big public holiday announced on the radio kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> but there you go, occult day. Uh, Saturday is National Adoption Day. Sunday is Absurdity Day and Beautiful Day. And Universal Children's Day. Oh, Monday is World Hello Day, so say hello to everyone you meet. <laughs> Wednesday is Eat a Cranberry Day. Now, I don't know if you've ever actually eaten a cranberry without any sweetener to it. They're actually pretty tarts, pretty... Difficult to eat just on their own, but if you, if you cook them right and have something along with it. All right, let's get into some of these happenings. Donations for Standing Rock. They're still coming into Guy House now through November 22nd. Southern Illinois Stands with Standing Rock is currently holding a donation drive. Anyone who can donate supplies to the resistance camps may drop off their goods during open hours of the Guy House and the Center for Subsistence Research, as well as at their booths at the local farmer's market. For more information, you can visit Southern Illinois Stands with Standing Rock on Facebook, or you can show up to the donation spots. Uh, They just had the really great Indigenous People's Dinner, or Feast, rather, on Wednesday. It was a good turnout, wonderful events, all sorts of great Indigenous foods. Um, I haven't heard a total or anything about how much they raised, but they raised money and supplies for the folks out there at Standing Rock to show their support. I'm glad I was able to attend that and do what I can to show my support. All right, in other happenings, we have the Thanksgiving Indoor Farmer's Market coming up on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Carbondale Community High School. Add some local flavor to your holiday table this Thanksgiving. Community Farmer's Market We'll be hosting an indoor Thanksgiving market on Saturday, November 19th, featuring lots of fresh produce, meats, and baked goods. You can find sweet potatoes for casseroles, herbs for stuffing, lots of fresh greens for harvest salad. Uh, You get the idea for that. And it's a preview of their regular indoor market season, which begins on Saturday, December 3rd. For more information on that, you can visit carbondalemarket.com.
All right, in other news, this also relates to uh, what Marguerite was talking about earlier, but this is a different event. Uh, there's an event called Anti-Fascist Coalition. It's coming up on Saturday at 1 p.m. at Guy House. This is a meeting open to everyone who's concerned about the increase in institutional violence, hate crimes, harassment, and other forms of systemic violence and oppression that may be associated with the election of Donald Trump. His campaign included rhetoric and policy proposals that were threatening to women, immigrants, people of color, LGBT folks, Muslims, and others that he chose to insult. This gathering on Saturday at 1 p.m. at Guy House is an opportunity for people who are concerned about this rhetoric and concerned about some of the actions that his followers have taken to gather together, talk about solutions. Uh, It includes any manner of solutions, both responding directly to hateful acts versus doing what we can to meet people's needs. Whatever people find is most pressing will be discussed at that meeting. And hopefully people in the community can come together and come up with some solutions. Also coming up, we have the New Humanist Forum, Sustainable Food Systems. That's coming up on Sunday from 2 p.m. to 3.15 p.m. at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. Jane Adams will present Building a Local Food System, the Ethical and Practical Dimensions. They will discuss the evolving local food system here in southern Illinois and around the nation and world. The focus on government and community action. Jane Adams grew up in Jackson County, Illinois, farm. As an anthropologist, historian, and activist, she has documented the transformation of agriculture and rural life here and around the world and promoted the reestablishment of sustainable regional food systems. So once again, that's Sunday, 2 p.m. to 3.15 p.m. over at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship, 105 North Parish Lane in Carbondale. And once again, you know, we mentioned earlier in the show that on Sunday at 6 over at 214 North Washington, there's that gathering to, uh, I forget the exact title now, but to resist the end of the world, basically, in light of the consequences of of government actions toward the climate and toward various people who are threatened by the new administration. Uh, they're having that gathering in order to get together the community and talk about what to do about it. So that is coming up on on Sunday Six over at the 214 North Washington Flyover Info Shop. And I'm going to see if I can make it to that. I don't know my plans yet for the weekend, but that definitely sounds like a big highlight that I would like to attend. Uh, I'll let you know how it goes if I do make it out there. And even if I don't, I'll talk to people who went, and we will try to mention more about it here next week on the radio. All right, and once again, a reminder, if you have any happenings to send our way, you can email them to us at info at yourcommunityspirit.org. You can also post them at wdbx.org on the community calendar, where I, I often find events on there. We get them a mix of events that you've emailed to us or that we find on the calendar. It's a good way to let other people in the community know what's going on. So this one is a Mark Your Calendar event. This isn't coming up any time in the immediate future, but we talk about this one every year. We've probably talked about it every year since it started, (laughs) hopefully. It's the 12th Annual Southern Illinois Alternative Gift Fair. It's coming up on Sunday, December 11th, from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center. 
The Alternative Gift Fair is a way to purchase gifts that matter from local and international nonprofit organizations. You will be able to enjoy refreshments and live holiday music. It's a Southern Illinois holiday tradition. And it's, it's a great way to show support for local communities while also getting gifts for your loved ones because a lot, a lot of us have this conflict over we We try not to be huge consumers. We don't want to consume too many resources, that sort of thing. We, we're not really into the big commercialism of the holidays. We'd rather celebrate time with family. This is a way to find some nice little gifts for your family members and your loved ones that also support community groups around here and other nonprofits. So once again, that's coming up on December 11th, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. We'll have more of the details as the date approaches. In the meantime, it looks like we're just about out of time for your community spirit. Hope you found this at least as exciting and informative as I have. I always learn new things when I bring these stories and these happenings to you. Uh, info at yourcommunityspirit.org if you have any suggestions. In the meantime, there's still at least a few hours of unseasonably warm weather yet. I know that cold, rainy weather is coming in, and we may actually have fall and winter now. But uh, enjoy it while it lasts, and we'll see you next week on the radio.